Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. As a life and leadership coach, I get the privilege of and the honor of really hearing about what goes on behind the smile, behind the, oh, I'm fine, I'm great, behind the facades of success, right? Whether it's the titles, the money, the status, whatever it may be. And I get the authentic real lives of people. And I often talk about the fairy tale, right? We, we grow up with this cultural programming of work really hard, be a good person, be a good girl, especially for those of us that are female, be a good girl and you'll live happily ever after. The white knight will come, you'll get married, you'll have kids, and it'll be great. And what I see and what gets shown to me in this space of non-judgment, in this compassionate space that we have together, is there's a lot of struggles, right? We can so easily look at other people's highlight reels, we can look at what we think's going on. But there's often a lot of pain and struggles that are going underneath. And maybe We haven't earned the right to hear the story from those people. Maybe they don't even know how to verbalize it, right? And that's okay. But I want to talk about this because then when we go around thinking is we compare ourselves and go into our own despair because we think, well, they're fine. Why am I having a hard time? And I think the big thing is to what I always remember whenever I walk into a room, whether I walk into especially public place is it's really easy to fall into that and think like, oh, they've got it all fine and other people don't. The thing that keeps coming time and time again is people have this underlying question. Do you see me? Do I matter? Right? Am I enough? And that question of am I enough continues to pop up in so many different arenas, not just with my clients, but I see it all the time. And sometimes it looks like, oh, you don't think I'm enough? Let me show you, right? And they become too much. That's still enrooted in I'm not enough and the power over. But what I want to talk about today is this idea, and it's really not an idea, this reality is we are not okay. And that's okay. For those of you, whether it's you that's not okay, or a loved one that's not okay right now, I want to talk about this. Instead of trying to pretend that it's not okay or thinking it should be different is let's this week talk about what it means to not be okay and really lean into that space. In another episode, I'm going to talk about for those of you who are doing really well in life and you have some people in your life who are not okay. And we'll talk about that. But today we're going to talk about we are not okay. And maybe for some of you who have been struggling, this gives you some relief like, oh, I'm not the only one. And my friend, you're really not the only one, right? We are not okay. And I don't, this isn't trying to be in the swampland of shame and let's have a pity party. Life is hard and I continue to see it in so many elements. And I continue to see it in so many arenas of, well, look, 
I did this. I became a doctor. I got married. I had kids. Like life should be great. I should be okay. We are not okay. There are parts that are hard. And one of the things I wish I could go back to my younger self and say, it's okay that it's hard. You have a blended family, Corinne. You have two more than full careers in your household and you have young kids. Like it is okay. Your expectations are not humanly possible, right? Like I was trying to have it all and all at right now, because I was told the cultural programming that I could, right? Like I could be a woman who made good money and I could be a leader and I could have a house that looked like Martha Stewart's. And, you know, it was that whole Angele commercial that I've talked about so often here, right? Like I could be all these things. And I was just trying to get through the day again, hence the reason I started this show for 16 years ago. So like, if we can recognize that if you aren't okay to recognize that and own that, and maybe as you're listening to the show, my invitation for you is to go in and check in with yourself. How are you? And instead of that answer that we give out often of, oh, I'm fine. Things are great. How are you? And remember, it's okay to not be okay. And it's really important that we normalize not being okay. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're not strong. It doesn't mean that you're ill, right? It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. You're not okay. And one of the things that's going to be talked about a lot today is right now. You're not okay right now. And I understand the obstacles because we have all this knowledge and insight. We're an affluent country, especially if you're living in the U.S., in many parts of the world, maybe you have more affluence than your family of origin did, right? Maybe you have more education and you're like, but why am I not okay? Like my family went through so much more difficulties than I did. This isn't the, you know, the trauma Olympics who had it worse. One is recognizing you're not okay. The other part is, is that, you know, we have the pursuit of happiness or the happiness project. We have all these books and resources, you know, talking about living our best life and, about being happy and having that pursuit. And it's also important to talk about the times that we're not okay, the times that we're not happy and recognize that. Because when we don't, what happens is, and we're just in the pursuit of happiness or the good things, and we're in this zone struggle, we numb our struggle and try to pretend that it's not there. Or we lead to this idea in our brain of, oh, there must be something wrong with me as I don't feel okay. If you don't feel okay, it's not about there being something wrong with you, but your, your insides are trying to tell you a message and help you discover what it is that you need. So it's not about there's something wrong with you. It's about getting inside and saying, okay, what am I feeling right now? And having a self-awareness and an understanding as well as an acceptance that you're not okay. This week, I've had a number of clients who had tears and I had one client tell me that she doesn't like to cry and I'm the only person that she feels comfortable enough to cry, right? Crying is an important function in all of us. It's a release. It's really important to do. And of course, there's context of when to do it, where to do it, right? Who's earned the right to see that vulnerability, 
right? And allowing yourself to feel it. And I know I used to be so afraid to cry. I'd, I had cultural programming as an athlete, you know, and then in my family of origin, right? Like crying is weakness. We don't cry now. You know, tears can be manipulative. There's so many different things. Or I used to be so afraid that if I started to cry, it would never stop. And then I tested it out. What I learned was I can feel the feeling and cry and release and actually feel better. And it doesn't last all day. One of the people will link the episode to the show notes is Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. I had her on years ago. And one of the things that she talked about and learned from her own experience of having a stroke at the age of 37 was that feelings last about 90 seconds. We feel it and then we move on to something else, right? Feelings are very fluid, you know, and I often think of like waves in the ocean. They come in, sometimes they're crashing and they're big, sometimes they're gentle, and sometimes there aren't any waves. But what we tend to think is like, if I cry, I'm going to open the floodgates and it's never going to stop. And actually it does stop and feelings come in all sorts of waves and you may cry and you may be okay. And then you may cry again another time. It's a very fluid situation. And I get it. You know, so many of us, especially after the last few years, like we're ready to have fun. You know, I traveled a lot in the last few months and it was interesting to watch like people are out and about. It's like, I've been home. I've been stuck. I haven't been able to travel. I've had to stay in the country. I deserve this and they're ready to have fun. I get that. We want to put the past behind us. Here's the thing. If we're not okay, we bring that not okay to wherever we go. We can't leave it behind. So the invitation for you is to let's let's lean into it, look at it so we can unpack it, learn, and then allow it to release instead of carrying it forward. So my invitation is accept we are not okay. And maybe it's you that's not okay. Maybe it's somebody that you care about. Maybe it's a colleague at work. We are not okay. And I see this in so many different arenas, right? I know teachers who are experiencing this in the classroom with the kids or with themselves or with their colleagues, right? Or the students and their parents, right? Where they're behaving and offloading their pain onto the teachers, right? We know our medical professionals, our doctors, our physician's assistants, our nurses, right? The staff, they're not okay. And there's also a lot of fear and pain in the world, right? We keep talking, there's talks about the recession. Families are worried about what's going to happen to their family. There's a lot of uncertainty. And my friend, there's always uncertainty, right? There's always uncertainty. Like we don't know how things are going to play out. And I think we're a little bit more aware of that because a few years ago, the world stopped essentially, right? It stopped and we never thought that would have happened. So there's a lot of turmoil that's going on. There's a reckoning that's going on and it's okay if we're not okay right now. So one thing that's important that I hope you realize is you're not the only one that's not okay. And it's not because you're weak or there's something wrong with you or you're bad or you're broken. Many of us are not okay. And I know in the history of the show over 16 years, I really invited a lot of people who weren't okay, right? I think about Elizabeth Lesser and she wrote the book Broken Open and going through really hard things and then being able to lean into that feeling of being broken and opening it up and leaning into it and then growing and evolving into who she became, 
right? So many of my guests over the last 16 years have talked about this. And it was through those windows of possibility, I invited you to hopefully see like, you're not the only one. And I just want to address it today with, we are not okay. And that's okay for today. Because as a kid, you know, I thought it was just me. I was like, well, maybe there's some, once I started realizing I wasn't okay, like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? I'm the only one. And then as an adult, when I was trying to figure out how to solve my problems, I started to learn that, oh, I'm really not the only one. Look at all these people, right? And the people who are really successful, they've been through a lot of they're not okay moments as well. So it's not a matter of if it's going to happen to you. It's a matter of when for all of us. So my invitation to you is to check in with yourself. How are you? Really? How are you? And I know you can push through. I know that we can be so busy. It's easy to not be aware. And one of the other obstacles that is huge, and I've had some clients face this recently, is you may have others who won't validate that you're not okay or that we're not okay. And then so we'll second guess ourselves. And my invitation to you is check in with yourself and trust you. So here's some examples of people that I've had, I would say in this quarter, right? Or well, this fall, we'll use this fall because we went from quarter three to quarter four. So I have clients and remember, I work with high achievers and I'm sure there's many of you like, well, I'm not really a high achiever. If you're listening to this show, you're wanting to learn and grow. You're wanting to get beyond the fluff of like aspirational and here's the practical. You're probably a high achiever in your life. But I have clients who are high achievers and they have the capacity to work really hard. They often deeply care about others. And my clients, a lot of them are not okay right? They're exhausted. Some of them wonder if they're burned out, you know, and I have one client that is definitely burned out, right? They often wonder like, why are they struggling or why are they having difficulties with their employees or, right? Usually because they're not okay. And it could be that they're tired. It could be that they've let people, toxic people live in their brain for free, right? And that is draining because then they start to second guess themselves. It could be that they've been gaslit, whether it's by an employee or a boss. And gaslighting is loosely defined as manipulating someone so as to make them question their own reality. And this happens quite often, especially in the workplace, but it can happen at home. Sometimes my clients are not okay because they're everybody else support system they don't have one for themselves, nor do the people they support do a good job of supporting them because they're used to being taken care of by this person. And often I have clients who don't want to admit to themselves that they're not okay because they have that concern. Like, what if I am weak? Not being okay doesn't mean you're weak. It means right now you're not okay. And then let's further go on to diagnose what's at the root of it. What do you need? And that's not weakness. So sometimes we're like, okay, I'm not okay. So the answer must be, I'll just quit my job, right? That's that all or nothing black and white thinking. That may not actually be the answer. And there's a lot of context that goes with a decision like that. So it's not necessarily the only option, nor is it even the best option. 
And there's many different things to take into consideration. And as you're sitting here thinking about this and reflecting, and that's what's really important is having the ability to reflect, creating self-awareness, right? Looking around for people like, so if you need evidence that you're not the only one, start looking around, you'll start to see it, right? And when you're taking an inventory, you might not be able to see some people on the outside that are not okay. They may not show it to you. You may think they're okay and they do a really good job of covering up that they're not okay. And that's the one that's always shocking for people because they're like, I thought they were really happy. I thought it was really good. They may not have known how to be vulnerable. They may not have shared with you. It doesn't mean you're bad. There's just so many aspects to it. So we sometimes just don't know. And then the other aspect is that we confuse external success with being okay, right? And in fact, our culture puts people on the pedestal for those who are successful, they're wealthy, they're educated at the right schools with fancy titles being okay. If you're a great athlete, right? If you're a professional athlete, if you are an Olympic athlete, then you must have it all together. And slowly those myths have been being shown the truth right? We saw it in the 2020 Tokyo games with some athletes talking about their own mental health. We've seen Michael Phelps talk about this. It's becoming more and more like we're normalizing that we're not okay. You can achieve great results in your life and not be okay, right? Your mental health can be suffering. So this is why we need to normalize not being okay. Not that we want to live in there or that We just throw our hands up and say, okay, this is it forever. That's not what I'm talking about. Recognizing when we're not okay, giving ourselves permission that it's okay to not be okay. And one of the things I continue to see behind the successes are often a person who has a lot of pain and is sometimes is truly not okay. Not being okay doesn't have to be a devastating ending right? It's a current situation of where you are today. It's okay to not be okay. And the key element in that is right now, it's okay to not be okay right now. And we tend to be called terminal, like very ending, right? Catastrophic with our beliefs. It's like, oh, if I'm not okay now, if I admit now that I'm not okay, I'll never be okay. I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to go into this depression and anxiety and be unmovable, right? Or if I start to cry, I'm going to just cry forever and ever, and I'm never going to be able to stop. We go into this like very catastrophic thinking, right? And here's the thing. You cannot be okay today. And yes, you can get better. You can feel better. And then the other thing is you cannot be okay and you can have joy in your life as well. You can have moments of joy. Maybe it's a fleeting moment. You can have certain arenas of joy and you can also not be okay. When I finally came up with this statement, it's definitely become a life motto. I need to get t-shirts made, but this idea, this belief of I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere. And this came about a long time ago, maybe about 10 years ago. It was the summer and 10 years ago, that summer was a hard summer. There were really good things happening. My husband was over at the Olympics and dealing and being a part of that whole experience. And so it was a high water moment and there was great things happening. 
And there were amazing things. And there were shit shows, right? Communication problems. I don't even remember, but it was exhausting. Sleepless nights. And I remember people saying like, how are you? And part of me goes, I want to be good. And part of me is like, it's the easy answer to say, I'm fine. I'm good. But it was a struggle with my own integrity. Like I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere is really the truth of both. And they sound opposite, right? It can sound like even cognitive dissonance. Like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but actually I'm not. There are really good parts of my life and there are shit shows, right? There is beauty and there are challenges. There's ease and flow and there are obstacles. Both can be true at the same time. So Maybe you're totally not okay, and that's okay. Or maybe you have certain arenas of being okay. So know that, and part of it, like being okay with not being okay is, again, not being so catastrophic, like this is how it's always going to be. How are you not okay? And how are you okay? And having that awareness and having that reflection. So it's really important to check in with yourself. Are you okay? Give yourself permission that it's okay to not be okay. And then ask yourself, and this is a question that my clients will try to dodge, like, what do you need? You know, I had a client, I asked her this yesterday and she's like, that's a really hard question. Her answers were often, what did her kids need? What did her family need? You know, but what does she need? And that's a new way of thinking. What do I need? This is such an important question and we must ask ourselves and not give our power away by only answering it if someone else asks us, but ask it ourselves. Because some of you may go, well, nobody ever asked me what I need. Make sure you ask yourself that. What do I need? I don't even know how many times I ask myself that throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the month. I start to get exhausted, tired when I'm not okay. I go, Corinne, what do you need? Sometimes it's, I need to, you know, rest. I need to go to sleep. I need to stop working. I need human interaction, right? I need somebody to support me. I need to cry. What do I need? Sometimes I'm like, I need the white knight to come and rescue me and solve my my problems, right? That's like my, that was my old answer. I don't go to it as much because I also knew that was a lie. I don't like to be really rescued, but there was always that dream and that fantasy. But what do I need? So recognizing that if we aren't allowed to ask ourselves what we need, then we won't be able to get that insight. And there's not a right or wrong answer. Now, here's the thing. When you need, like maybe you need human interaction, maybe you need somebody's validation, you know, that you're not okay, or they could see that you're exhausted and you, you go to them. And these are people who are on your team. They've earned the right to hear your story. And they're like, oh, you think you're not okay? Let me, let me tell you about me. And this is all that I got going on. I'm not okay. Right. And it's like, it's a competition of who has it worst. Right. They may be trying to do connection and maybe it's an empathy miss and that's okay. It doesn't mean that your needs aren't valid. And it doesn't mean that you aren't actually okay. Just understand that. There may be those who say, oh, you're fine and really dismiss it. Oftentimes I find that those are people who may not have the capacity for your discomfort, right? For your not being okay. And they don't know how to 
they feel responsible that they need to fix it and they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to do. So then it's like, let's just pretend it's not there. When you know that you're not okay, if those around you either try to, you know, trump what you have going on or dismiss what you have going on, it doesn't mean your experience is not real. Okay. You just may need to find somebody else who can support you, who has the capacity. Just recognize that they have limited capacity and it doesn't actually mean that you're not okay. So instead, my invitation for you today is to trust yourself, meet yourself where you are and take care of you. Acknowledge to yourself your own status. I'm not okay right now. Give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Feeling your feelings doesn't mean offloading it onto others where you angrily like choose somebody out, slam a door, do something destructive, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Send texts and dehumanize other people. That's not what I'm talking about. Feeling your feelings is really feeling. If you're angry, feel angry, right? Allow it to come out, not to offload. It's not about throwing potatoes at people, right? It's about feeling, going, wow, I am really angry. I can feel the rage. I feel it bubbling up. I notice it inside of my chest and it's getting really, really fiery. It's wanting to jump out of my skin. Acknowledge that, right? We're just not allowed to offload our pain to other people because that's where we become destructive. Then that just adds a whole shit show and shit storm to like how we're feeling already. So feel your feelings. If you need to cry, cry. If you want to be mad, be mad. You know, if you need to scream, scream. Have Make sure you have it in context, right? Maybe you need to scream into a pillow. Screaming in the middle of your office building may not be a good idea, right? There's context that comes with it. Do you need to go to the bathroom and cry? Do you need to go out for a walk? Do you need to sit in the shower and just allow all those feelings to unload? Do you have a person that has the capacity, that has the ability to allow you the space to have all those emotions, to say all those things that you want to say that are judgmental, that you just need to verbally vomit and get out, right? And express, but you know that they're not going to judge you. It's not who you really are, but it's a release of letting go of all these crappy thoughts that you have. I have clients that do that all the time. I'm a verbal vomiter. And in that vomit is when I start to let go of those thoughts and those feelings. And then I could start to process and go, oh yes, this is what I'm really thinking. This is what I'm really feeling. So my invitation for you is to feel those feelings, right? Give yourself permission to feel, not offload, but feel. Reach out to somebody who's earned the right to hear your story. And remember, if they don't have the capacity, it doesn't mean they're a bad person or you're not good enough. They may not have a capacity because they may not be okay themselves. The things that you're bringing to them may be a trigger for them and they have no way out, or they may be mistaken thinking that it's their job to fix. So give yourself space and time to heal. And when I mean heal, I do want to set an expectation for you. And the vision of healing is without a promised land of where everything is fantastic and there's finally no more pain, right? The healing is like you have a cut. Like I've, I've sliced off my finger a couple of times and the, I can't even think what it's called. One of those slicers and it's all healed. I mean, it's definitely healed, but like it's really sensitive. I, I mean, I really got into the nerves this time and it's always quite the reminder that there's no fat pad to cover it anymore on my pinky. 
And so it's healed, but it's not back to what it was once, right? And I think we have this idea of healing going back to what our pinky originally looked like instead of like, okay, it can heal. It's not bleeding anymore. You know, the nerve endings are protected, but the layer of protection may not be as great as it once was. And that's okay. I can fully function. And sometimes when I hit something, I notice like, oh, that's a reminder that I sliced it. Right. So I think we often think of healing as never having these problems again. The healing may look different than what we had thought. Okay. And remember, life has both joy and pain. Once you can really lean into the not being okay and allowing yourself to feel and being able to cry and, you know, feel all your feelings, verbally vomit, journal it out, however you need to get it out without taking it out on another human then is when you can also not be okay and take in the ordinary moments in your life of joy. You know, it could be maybe you have flowers, right? We're going into winter. So some of us with flowers are less, but I still have flowers outside my window and it's lovely to look at. That's an ordinary moment of joy. I've been making some really delicious coffee and really enjoying that and embracing that having a hug with a friend or someone you love, going out in sunshine. And so these are the things like when I know I'm not okay, I get to it and I listen and I lean in and I feel and I go through all that. And then I ask myself, what do I need? It doesn't have to be something, especially for those of you who are stressed about money or the recession, it doesn't have to be something that you have to spend money at, right? All of those things like flowers, it can be what's growing in your garden. You could go like, and if I, if you live in Davis, California, we have an arboretum. There are places there where there are flowers. You can go to the grocery store, like Al Bundy in one of his shows where you like, you go to the grocery store and see the flowers that they have and take in that beauty. It's not something you have to bring home for it to be real. Having a hug with a friend or a loved one. Or also for me, often it's about being connected with others, talking with others and getting out of my own head and having connections with other people, helping other people, right? Making sure that, that I'm taking care of myself and not depleting myself, which is a fine line. So my friend, it's okay to not be okay right now. Remember, not being okay is not forever. There are key learnings and growth possible when we're not okay. We will come out of it. There will be key learnings. There's always a rising back up. We fall down. We're not okay. We can rise up. And oftentimes it's not about by rising up by ourselves. It's rising up with others, right? Like I always think of like, I have my hand out to help my clients rise up back up and I walk with them down this path of life. And we must take care of ourselves so that we have the energy and the resources to rise back up. So my friend, trust yourself, take care of you until next time. When I talk about, you know, what to do when you are truly doing well and not sure what to do when those you care about are not okay. Today, it's about, it's okay to not be okay for right now. And then what do you need? I'm smiling big for you. Hey. 
If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.